Sup, everybody. Welcome to The Real Deal Podcast. I'm Matty Marshall, uh, coming to you from the Paintball Access Studios, and I'm excited to, uh, to have Grayson Goff on here, uh, from world champion Grayson Goff from San Antonio X Factor. And uh, Grayson, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, doing good. It's a little cold, but I'm doing good. It's, I guess, warmer than, than most, most of the uh, states. but Yeah, well, it does get cold in Texas. It doesn't really get <laughs> that cold in Southern California, but we got some rain on our way, and thank God because we need it because uh, we're in just crazy gnarly drought. So, um, so <clears throat> the reason why we have you on here, also before we get started, uh, this podcast brought to you by uh, one of Grayson's sponsors, Planet Eclipse, as well as Die Precision, uh, Key Action Sports, GI Sports, um, and uh, you know those are the, the sponsors that really are you know helping things run and uh, helping try to take PayPal to another level, which is kind of one of the things I'd like to talk about today. So, Grayson, the reason we, we got you on here is uh, you wrote an article for your blog. Um, it's uh, bkipaintball.com, right? Yes, yeah, bkipaintball.com. So you wrote this. Uh, you wrote this blog here. I'm gonna read it in a second, just so everyone knows what the hell we're talking about. And it, I think this. I you know, I mean, this is obviously talking about when you know the generation that I came up from. Uh, so I you know, obviously have a lot of skin in that game and completely empathize with what the point you're trying to make here. But you know, as soon as this got out there, I think you put it out on Thanksgiving, right? Because that's when. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, like you know, most of the stuff I write, most you know, no one sees it except my members. But occasionally I'll write something and this was something I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out everywhere possible. I'm going to post on PB nation, email it out, get it out to as many people as possible. Cause it's something I, I felt really passionate about. And so, yeah, this is one of the few things I, I, I put out to the public. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I want to kind of get into your motivations for writing this piece uh, and making it public, you know, not behind a paywall or anything. Um, just because again, you know, I think, uh, once people, re- if you haven't already read, if you've already read this, you just bear with me. Uh, if you haven't already read this, um, I think it'll, it brings up some really interesting points and, and it's definitely, uh, you know, been kind of polarizing. You know, I've seen some people that are like, you're a grace and we hate you. You suck. I don't agree at all. This is why paintball is never going to be big. And other people were like, grace and you couldn't have been more on point here. Let me tell a story. You know, I mean, I, just you know, yeah, going through yeah. that that post, those all those posts, I heard a lot of you know the supporters are kind of like throwing in stories, and then some other guys that have other stories of their own. But I, but I just that's why we got you on here. I really feel that this deserves a longer, um, you know, just a, a little bit more attention and a longer form thing, so you can kind of you know defend your post, and and so that both of us can we can kind of just talk a bit about a little bit about this as we push forward. So all right, so I'm gonna read this thing for everybody out here. Uh, so you posted this up here, and it's a picture of the. Uh, the one the old school, not in the very beginning of the Avalanche team, but uh, I think this. Looking at the jerseys, this was, I think this was like two thousand, maybe ninety nine. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was probably during I guess you could say one of their heydays for sure. I mean oh, that's yeah. the team I remember. I remember as Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Avalanche for the you know people that are just kind of getting around pro paintball um you know avalanche was a you know kind of the rock stars of paintball back in the day it was a you know incredibly they did incredibly well they won lots of tournaments and they were one of the first teams to go abroad and win tournaments play regularly in europe and along with aftershock ironman all americans uh you know a couple other teams that are out there too but the avalanche was one of those the teams to first kind of break that big three you know the big three in the early 90s and then when avalanche came up 
and Ed started picking up a lot of guys. I mean, he stole Todd from us, stole Eric Roberts, who's those two guys are in this picture. I played with both those guys on the Ironman. So actually, this was this was in two thousand. This must have been in two thousand and two. Then maybe t- at the very earliest two thousand and one, because Eric Roberts was on the Ironman in two thousand when we won the World Cup together. Uh, so. But anyway, so uh, so yeah, so Avalanche was this kind of iconic, one of the most iconic professional paintball teams at the time, and uh, and really kind of were one of those teams that started to break the mold. Rocky Cagnoni was on this team, Steve Rabikoff, John Richardson, Travis Lemansky, the current owner of Infamous. Um, so yeah, so I'll just get right into this. So basically, this is what you said. Ed Poorman posted an old photo of Avalanche not too long ago with it. It brought back the who's who of pro paintball in the 90s and early 2000s, reminiscing about the old days and arguing which team was truly the best. At some point, the tone changed, and they began began discussing the current state of the game and the soul that has been lost along the way. My initial reaction, again, I'm reading as, reading as you, Gra- Grayson, you can read this too, baby, if you want to read it. No, I, you know. no, no, it's a, this sounds way better if you read it. <laughs> <laughs> So this is Grayson. My initial reaction was to disagree with them, but the more that I thought about it, they were right. Our game has soul, and it always will, but something has been lost along the way. That generation of paintball is whom I learned from. I learned from them because I made a mistake, and when I made a mistake, I was punished dearly for it. You'd get 15 in the back with a slide frame autococker. There was no mercy and no encouragement. It was a blood sport to them, and they were the kings that didn't want to give up their crown to any new kid that had any potential, or any kid that had any potential was their biggest enemy. This kind of outlook hardened me and my fellow X Factor players. We were the new kids on the block, and I could play... And these guys hated it. They hated us, and they wanted us to fail. They didn't like us. They didn't like seeing a bunch of kids with the chance to replace them at the top, and they made sure that we knew that. There were a few individuals along the way that taught me how to play paintball, but the methods were different back then. If I couldn't move down the field because two guys were holding a lane against me, I was told, put those motherfucking guys in and move. And <laughs> then I got shot in the side of the head. That doubt, along with the lessons, shaped me into who I am today. Okay, I've definitely rambled a bit, but brings me to my main point. The current generation of pros has been too nice and PC. We lack that soul the previous generation had. We've gone soft and forgot the lessons that were passed along to us and forgot what pushed us to be great. It wasn't people telling me great job and patting me on the back. It was people telling me that I couldn't. Those 15 welts in the back of my head meant I failed. It was acquaintances looking at me and wondering why I chose to play this silly game every weekend. The people that I owe my biggest debt are to the ones who doubted me. The ones who said that we couldn't make it at the pro level. The ones who scoffed and gave me a funny look when I missed my graduation for a tryout. And guess who's laughing now? Me, motherfucker. So what I'm telling you today is that you can't. You won't make it at the pro level. You don't have what it takes because so far that's the truth. There's been no new influx of pro players because this new generation, which is you, lacks the mental toughness to hang at our level. And that's my fault. I've been too soft, too encouraging. It's time that someone got real and told you what you need to hear. My ultimate goal was to replace my spot on X-Factor, but now you're going to have to earn it over my dead body. All that doubt that I received early in my career is always gnawing at the back of my head. Some of my greatest human achievements have come from people who were, to- who were- some of the greatest human achievements have come from people who were told you can't. So that's what I'm telling you today. You can't. So prove me wrong and thank me in 10 years. Grayson Goff, BKI Paintball. So, so where did this kind of come from? You know, I mean, this, there's a lot, I think, to get at this, which is, I think, why in just, you know, just from Thanksgiving to now, it's got 17 pages on PB Nation. So, yeah. so where, you know, I mean, so let's kind of, you know, let's just get at it. Well, where, did, where did it, where did this impetus to, to put this, this piece out come from? Other than what you um, said I mean, in honestly, there. You know? 
obviously seeing seeing that photo and seeing all those guys sit there and argue about who was the best team and why they were the best team it it, it like it brought me back to those days and how like kind of that mentality was back then of those I mean, those guys, you know, they, they, they would argue for days, years on still who was the best team. And it's still going and, on. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's still going. And, um, and along with, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the C.T. Fletcher guy. He, uh, he did a motivational speech to a bunch of kids, and it was, it was the same message. He was telling all these kids that they couldn't and that that was the biggest driving force behind his success as a, you know, world champion bodybuilder. And I, I, it got me thinking, like, I've, I've, I've kind of brought up this point in some of the stuff. I, I think interviews with y'all and in, in previous pieces I've written that aren't public, but I didn't really, I, I you know, I barely touch on it. And this time I solely focused on that and wanted to be that voice that told people they couldn't because I, and that's what I say, so far we haven't seen an influx of pro players like we used to back in the day. And I, and, and like my reasons I stated, I think there's a reason for that and that it's, it's, you know, I think people have gone soft. Yeah. And, uh, and so, cause I mean, God, there's, there's a lot there because it brings to me, you know, you had texted this link to me when I was driving up to go uh, up to the central Valley to go and uh, to go to Thanksgiving and Every time I make that drive, my thoughts always go back to the, you know, dozens and dozens. I think I, I, think I counted it one time, man. It was like a little over 100 times that I think I've driven to Northern California. And that's an eight-hour, you know, depending on where you're going to go, um, you know, anywhere from a six- to eight-hour drive one way. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I always think about the different, you know, years and different incarnations of the team that I'd played on. And just like everybody does when they drive, you know, they drive a long distance. And then it was interesting to kind of go through those thoughts of all those hard practices. We'd have to go up and play, you know, Bob Long's team in the freezing cold. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't East Coast freezing, but it was, you know, high 30s, low 40s. And, uh, and you're, yeah, hoodie, for you're, you're California up. guys. That's yeah, like... I know that's cold. But you, <laughs> Negative but, 10. Yeah, but, you know, but you're, you're hoodied up, you know, you're playing against, I mean, forget 15 balls a second. Dude, these guns are shooting 20 yeah. balls a second, you know, and like you're shooting yeah. practice paint. Whatever, man. I mean, this, I sit here and spend an entire podcast telling, you know, old school stories like that. But I did empathize a lot with what you said because then, you know, coming up as a young kid during that time when you played with, and I've touched, this has been a reoccurring theme on our podcast here, the Real Deal Podcast, for a while, man, because it's like, you know, and, but I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think it's that black and white. That's kind of why I wanted to have this conversation with you because, you know, I do see some bright shining lights in young people that I've met along the way through time. Um, and, uh, and, and that's kind of why I want to have this conversation about how, you know, the state of the game now and how, you know, people coach, because that was a lot of what I think some guys took, uh, they didn't agree with, you know, uh, with this particular post talking about, you know, oh, is that the best way to coach kids and like, you're a bully and, you know, that I think, I think a lot of people got stuck up on the, uh, the 15, 15 welts on my back or, they they immediately assumed I would go out to my local paintball field and start lighting every person that stepped on the field up that I had shot. Yeah, and and that was and obviously that was far from the case. You know, they I, I posted this one article public, and I there's a few other things I published that are public. But yeah, I mean it was 
and you know, I, I should have expected it. And I, I knew, I knew I was going to get something, some kind of response in return. I knew it was going to be positive. And did you expect, did you expect that you would get, uh, that many negative responses to it? Um, I, I, I mean, honestly, yeah, <laughs> cause I knew it was really rough after I wrote it and it's meant to be rough. It's meant, you know, I wrote it in a way to catch your attention because I, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted people to read it and it's, I don't know. It's one of those things. It's any press is good press. So some kid hates my message and goes and tells his friend, but his friend disagrees with him. Well, I, I, I reached out to his friend instead of him, you know? Yeah. Um, well, it does, yeah. it does bring up a lot of these interesting concepts. What is the best way to run a paintball team? How, how much different was it really from now to then, you know, and or I'm sorry from, uh, yeah, from now to then. And then, uh, the, the state, you know, how much different is the game? Um, you know, it's, what, is it, is it that type of, because a lot of people were like, oh, it's this type of attitude with, and this is something that I completely disagree with. I do not think that it's that attitude, uh, or that type of attitude that did, that kept that paintball from becoming, you know, <laughs> like a, a quote unquote mainstream sport, which is another one of my pet peeves. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, people still seem to be so stuck on that. And, and, and I think, I think honestly, us as pros, we change to kind of mold into that, like more PC, you know, let's not overshoot the crap out of everyone and get into fights. And, and that's a good thing, but somewhere along the line, we went too soft, I think. Well, it's you know? a, that's a good thing for guys not getting shot a lot and for parents that, you know, want to, and that's a huge, obviously big, big part of it. But, you know, I mean, you could easily make the other argument. You could say that, you know, by kind of softening things up, that's taken a little bit of the, you know, the intensity out of paintball because, you know, it's like some of the, another point that some of these guys made that, that I, and, and honestly, I, I really, I totally understand the point you're trying to make. You're also were intentionally being provocative to kind of bring out yeah. these points. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the piece was motivational. It wasn't, you know, that's the thing. People immediately thought I'd go out and start bonus balling everyone I saw. And that's, you know, farther from the truth. I, you know, I've been for the past year, been, my sole job has been playing paintball and coaching paintball. And I, I run clinics, you know, I'll run like these Wednesday drill nights where I have anywhere from a guy who literally like one guy showed up and was like, I want to beat my friends at rec ball. And he had just started playing like, you know, a month ago to guys that are playing D three locally. And I can tell they, they want to take this thing as far as humanly possible. And so in the middle of my clinics, I'm literally changing my coaching style. The guy that just started playing rec ball, I'm telling him, good job, way to go, keep, you know, you're doing great. I'm encouraging him because he's new to the sport. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to put this guy down one month into him playing paintball. And then, you know, the next person running the drill is one of these highly talented D3 players. And I'm like, nope, do it again. Nope, that sucked. Nope, you're still off. Do it again. And so it's just... I'm, uh, you know, I, I mold my coaching style based on who I'm coaching and, 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 and it's easy for me to tell what they can take. You know, if, if I, if they just want to come out and hang out with me and get to shoot some paintballs, I'm going to be friendly with them because they're just out there to have fun. If they really, if I, you know, and I can tell if they really want to get better, then I'm going to push them. And I'm going to, and that's what I was saying. I'm going to push them hard now. I'm not going to, you know, there's no excuses. I mean, I think I actually, uh, my sister read the article and um, she called me and she was saying the, the, like the two worst, the, the two worst words in the English language were good job. 
you know, and if you tell somebody their goal is to be a professional paintball player and they just ran a drill and they're not pro yet, you tell them good job. Well, no, that's not a good job. They haven't done, they haven't done shit. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, I like thought about that. I was like, man, that's really good. Good job. You know, unless you accomplish your goal, those guys that come out there and have fun and they're just learning how to play paintball. I tell them good job because they're accomplishing their goal at that moment right then. Yeah. But the guys that, that are out there and they're striving to be one of the best, you know, if I've told them good job, I'm going to stop telling them good job because they haven't achieved that yet. And when they do achieve that, then they can get a good job from me. Yeah. And I, it's also funny because, uh, you know, it does kind of make come like it, I, I when I read this, I know you personally. So I'm reading it with, you know, already knowing who you are and having spent some time with you. Um but then I was just thinking about it objectively. I'm like, man, maybe people who don't know Grayson, this is like really making him come off like he's just a gigantic dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, people definitely thought that for sure, oh, for sure. But whatever. I mean, but, but, I mean, honestly, that's. I mean, it, it. Like, I really got to th- think about it, and I was just like, man, fuck it. I, I really don't care what people think of me. My goal. I mean, my goal in BKI paintball. My goal in life was you know, early on was to play professional paintball. I accomplished that. My goal now is obviously, I I think my, you know, immediate goal with X Factor, I'd love to win a championship, like a series championship. Beyond that, in terms of my total life goals right in front of me right now, I want to, you know, I want to motivate a kid to play professional paintball and have a lasting impact in his paintball career and hopefully his life, you know that's my goal. And that's, and, and so it was like, if I hurt some people's feelings along the way, well then shit, they were never meant to play professional paintball. It doesn't mean I won't encourage them to just have fun and enjoy the sport. But this article was, it was written for, for people that are serious about playing professional paintball. It wasn't written for anyone else. And yeah, that's another place where people kind of got lost is like, you know, thinking this was like an open letter to all of paintball. And no, it wasn't. This is specifically written to, you know, members on my site and anyone else out there, obviously, because I shared it publicly, that seriously are considering trying to play professional paintball, that this is this is the road you'll have to travel and it, you'll be a stronger, you'll be stronger because of it. I just don't, I mean, I, I do agree. Um, it's to me, it's like when I was reading some of the comments and there was, I, I could get where some of them were coming from, uh, talking about, you know, well, you can't coach everyone the same way. And you know, there, again, there was a lot of different kind of elements to this, but man, <laughs> coming up, when I look back at like guys that got me ready to play paintball, like when I start, you know, and, you know, people have heard this story before, you can know the podcast, but you know, I started playing, man, I started playing at 15 and a half and then pretty much right away got on a, with a group of older guys that was on a pro team. So, and that was one of the things that was kind of an ongoing thing. Like, yeah, I was definitely lucky to be born in San Diego uh, and definitely lucky to live, you know, an hour or so from, um, from a field that had a pro team in the mid nineties. Um, and, but I earned the shots that I got on that team. And, uh, and, and one of my coaches in, in high school, who I'm still friends with to this day, 
he because he was pretty young. He was like 22 and he was coaching us and he was he was kind of all over the place. But he was a pretty harsh coach. He was real fun, but man, he, he, there was it was really hard to please him. And uh, and kind of looking back at his coaching style, like if he hadn't coached me that way, like I was a uh, you know younger in school. I went into school a year young, so I was always younger and smaller than everybody. So I'd always yeah. had to try harder and have more heart than anyone because I was never as physically large as you know pretty much everyone I was playing with, and I wasn't as old. So, uh, but, you know, and he, he told me when I first got on the baseball team, he was like, you know, I'm not bringing you on here because you're one of the best players. I mean, he's like, to be completely frank, you're, you know, slower and smaller than pretty much everyone that we have on this team, but you got a lot of heart. I can see that, uh, you know, by your, by your tryouts that you had. So I'm going to bring you on the team and you can event, hopefully eventually earn a spot, you know? So, um, which I did, but, you know, him being kind of just and this is I was still pretty young man we're talking like 13 um but uh and then he was also my coach in football too and um and he was really tough on us then too like I broke my collarbone and he didn't know it and I didn't know it and I had to like run a whole lap with a broken collarbone which to this day is like the most painful thing I've ever had to do yeah um but you know like having kind of gone through a lot of that by the time I started playing paintball the, the you know and that was another thing like you know, back then, yeah, paintball was like you know, the, the peop, some people took offense or didn't agree with or hated the fact that you were you were, you'd use the term blood sport. You know, like, but the and if you look at the sentence you wrote, you said this was a blood sport to them, and that wasn't every older guy that I played with. But man, there was a lot of like pretty you know really tough older guys that definitely didn't take kindly to a sixteen year old kid out there playing with them. Some of them were really nice. Some of them weren't at all. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but it's kind of, but that toughness, I'm glad that it existed. I'm, I'm glad that I came up in that time. And I think that you got a lot of support from some of the guys that kind of shared those experiences. Yeah. Um, because if I didn't, I mean, have, I, 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 st I still look at it as we are playing a, you know, a, a dumbed down version of war. I, that's and why I started have playing guns <laughs> that shoot bullets and you're on a field where you're going to get hit by, you know, by paintballs and, you know, it's just one of those things, like, bonus ball never pissed me off. It's like, hey, I'm on a field where paintballs are flying around. If I catch a few extra, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you back. Like, you'll be in my little black book now. Oh, uh, yeah, and I still have a black <laughs> book, dude. Johnny Perchak, I love him to death. Still in my black book to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, and yeah, and, you, and you're right. Yeah, not every, not every guy in that generation played like that. But there were some guys where that's, I mean, that's the reason they, I think that's the reason they played. They wanted to hurt people. <laughs> Yeah. enjoyed it. I mean, I think, I think Chris was one of them. Like Chris has been known to say that in old videos that he just likes shooting people, you know? Well, and I think that that's another thing that people would take offense. Probably some people are listening to it right now and be like, Oh God, I can't believe they're, I can't believe they're talking about paintball being war. That's horrible for the sports. Like, you know what? Like not all paintball is that way. Like the Splatmaster yeah. stuff, not that way. You want to go play for fun? Not that way. But I guarantee you a lot of the people that are going out to play for fun are doing it because they're, you know, quote unquote, playing war. I mean, we are shooting yeah. guns at each other. It's projectile. It's not the same. Like, I'm not saying it's the same thing. It's actually not the same thing because uh, bullets travel really fast and they kill you. Um, yes, but it's exactly. a met it's yes, a yes. metaphor, you know, but but you yeah. could make, you know, especially with very physical sports like lacrosse or hockey or football. I mean, those are very physical. I mean, even like lacrosse originated as an Indian game, a Native American game. Um, that they play to, you know, simulate battles. Um, and so it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, 
you know, yeah, dude, we let's just call a spade a spade, man. It's we're shooting guns at each other, we're playing war. So what? We're not yeah. killing each other. Everyone's having well, a good time. There's it, different levels of this, you know. It's just yeah. I don't see how this is it, that comp. You know, it's like I just don't. And people, and people seem to forget the fact that I was talking about the highest level possible. You know, the the best teams, the best players in the best league. And when you reach when you reach that pinnacle in anything, whether it's business or golf or you know badminton it's a dog eat dog world out there you are you know if you and your friend go to a tryout and you get it you know offered a pro spot you're not going to like oh yeah here buddy you take it i i didn't really want this this is that, that bad no you're going to take it and you're going to run as far as you can with it you know i mean it's you know and and for us top players you know we are out there doing everything possible we can to beat the other team and same goes for you know anything else whether it's the business world or another sport at the top it's it's a dog eat dog mentality you know survival of the fittest where you're you know you're channeling you know instincts that we've had for thousands of years of just do what you can to survive and and thrive you know well to me i think that you know look man paintball to me is is uh, our soft existence which was another ongoing theme in uh in in the in the thread about your article is that you know yeah like a lot of people are like yeah you know our country's gotten soft and the kids are gotten soft and but to be honest man i'm i'm one of those people that that does believe that it is going in that direction i mean you know when you look at actually the numbers for participation in sports in general um and there are some bright shining lights the cross is up ridiculous um, hockey is actually up a lot, um, but the rest of you know, your, your mainstream sports, football, basketball, baseball, they're actually declining. And the amount of kids that play any sort of physical activity whatsoever uh, in the past four, five years um, the people, you know, has gone up. So the kids that do not do anything is, is approaching 20%, wow. um, which is really sad, you know, and, and I think that that is, you know, one of the quotes in the article I was reading um, that was that was kind of explaining this out, and it was one of the officials that was they were talking to about it. And he was saying how you know, yeah, there's a lot of computer games out there now, and just you know, kids aren't really you know, parent their parents are busy, and and uh, and there's just not as much of a motivation to get out there and and do something physical. So you know, the fact that we don't really have, I mean, you know, for you know, we with this modern world that we exist in is a really really new thing, and. And for a long period of time, you had to become an adult a lot faster. I mean, you know, hell, there were, I mean, people fighting in the in wars when they were, you know, 16 years old. Is that a good thing? No, it's absolutely not. But did it happen? Yeah, it happened. And that was, that was just how it was done. Um, and, you know, so we kind of lack a rite of passage in a lot of ways. And, uh, and, I, and I really love the game of paintball because I've personally seen – so many guys grow up in the sport because you have to work on your own deficiencies. Um, you have to work within a group. You have to constantly try to get better. So, yeah, for those people that are at a very high level um, or just want to get there one day, then, yeah, I think that it does help to be, you know, I mean, it's like I, this other coach I had. and I, It was interesting because I had him as a coach when, um, when I was in, you know, just playing Little League. And, uh, and then when I got to high school, he ended up coming on with the other coach I was talking about earlier, and he started helping out coach too. And he was the biggest dick ever. 
And his kid plays with a kid played with us on the team. And we were like, why is your dad such a raging, raging asshole now? He was like <laughs> the nicest guy ever when we were kids. And so we asked him that one day, you know, we we're sitting around and we're like, hey, John, how come you are such a gigantic dick now? And you were like, and when we were kids, he was the nicest guy ever. Just yeah. you, you could do no wrong. You know, he'd try to help you out, but he wasn't really criticizing you too much. He was like the nicest coach in the league. And then we get to high school and he was just this super hardcore make you run laps just be a gigantic dick and expect you you know to to get better and to actually perform and so when we asked him that and he's like you want to know why and we're like yeah he's like this should be really easy and self-apparent to you guys and i know you don't get this now but you will one day he's like well when i coached you when you were seven you were a child he's like you guys are 15 years old now and i know you're still children technically but you know, you guys are going to need to grow up and realize how the world is. And the real world expects results. The real world, you have to actually do things and accomplish goals. So I'm being hard on you because, you know, yeah, I expect you to get better. I expect you to, you know, do – you're on this team. Other guys want to get on this team. So, you know, I'm doing this for your own good and for the good of the team, and you'll thank me in the long run. And so looking back now at the time, we are just like, what an asshole. But looking back now, that was 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, I'm like, yeah, man, John was right. You know, so, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, you do have to coach. I mean, there's, this is a kind of a little bit of a generalization here, generalization, because, you know, just from having a, and you, like you were saying, you know, and not even just levels, but even at the top level, because a lot of people were like, oh, you know, you know, when, when uh, Jackson was talking about co coaching um, Kobe, you know, he was going to be harder on himself than anybody. We're talking about Kobe Bryant here, man. You know, yeah. I mean, like, come on, you know, it's like, and I also think that that kind of, it doesn't go without saying, but if you've been around the earth a little bit, then you do realize, yeah, you have to kind of treat everybody a little bit differently. And some people are motivated um, by, you know, by being really hard on them, and some people aren't. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things, Kobe. Yeah, I bet somebody was hard on Kobe when he was a, when he was a, when he was a kid, or when he was moving up the ranks of basketball. It's like, yeah, when he's when you've reached that level. I mean, dude, Archie Archie is a lot like. Co the Kobe of paintball. I mean, he is incredibly critical on him, on him, on himself. And a lot of times we see Archie make mistakes. We know we don't have to say anything because we know he's, it's eating him alive and will eat him alive for the next, like, you know, like three months because his memory is immaculate too. Um, but Archie also grew up in the same era as me where, you know, every mistake was paid for. And, uh, and and it's just yeah it's yeah you you're not you're comparing apples to oranges when you're saying Kobe and then some kid that wants to play pro paintball but hasn't yet grasped you know that that mental tenacity that it takes to play at the uh, at the highest level yeah and uh, i just i was looking at these these statistics here actually for um for football tackle football soccer base baseball and basketball uh, tackle football is just since 2008 is down uh, 5.5%. Soccer is down a little over 7 Baseball is down a little over 7 And basketball is down 8.3%. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I, think, I think one of the problems, and I kind of was towards the beginning, I think, of that generation, was is the parents are afraid for their kids to fail or see failure or see, you know, to see – you know, they want to protect them and keep them, I guess, kids as long as possible and not experience what the real world is like, which is a lot of failure with very few successes. And, you know, and, and I, I don't, for whatever reason, as a kid growing up, I was always seeking out challenges, whether it was like, I, I used to ride horses when I was a kid and I'd always pick the, the, the shittiest horse to ride it that would buck me off like four or five times in one day 
I, you know, the basketball coach that was an asshole to me, like my parents wanted me to change coaches and I was like, no, I like them. <laughs> but, you know, it's like seeking out somebody to push you and challenge you and that, you know, you're never good enough until you've reached your goal. And that's, you know, I mean, that's what, that's basically what I was preaching to that select group of players that, that needed to hear that message. You know, it's interesting, though. I wonder if that – and how can you lead somebody to try to be a little bit more adventurous? I mean, it's – is that – I mean, that's a really tough one because, you know, I mean, some people just are inclined to seek out challenges a little bit more, and some people aren't. And that's just life, you know. I mean, not everyone, you know, it's like uh, I was watching this thing uh, with uh, one of my buddies last night, and we were watching something about the old, old, uh, old West, and um, – and we were talking about the guns of that era, and, and there was a, a famous quote that came from that time, and it was, uh, you know, not uh, God did not God did not create all men equal. Uh, Samuel Colt made them equal, you know, and so it's it's not everybody is going to have an innate desire to try to challenge themselves or try to you know go above and beyond to get better. But I'm wondering because you're somebody that has to, you know, that's what you do. You you're training these kids and you're these people, but these people are kind of vetting themselves by coming to you but you've seen a ton of people over them I'm just wondering because I've had to coach a ton of people paintball and teach clinics and deal with people on teams and I think it's just that's life though man I mean some people have that desire and some people don't but I'm wondering the question I'm trying to just kind of just open for a conversation is like is there a way to somehow but that's one of the things that I like about paintball though man because it is incremental you know, you can kind of dip your toes in it, and, you know, if it's your first time playing, you can hide in the back and shoot a couple of paintballs from real far. You're not going to shoot anybody, but, you know, the the peril you're putting yourself into is not that great. So, you know, again, it's another one of those, like, kind of, you know, paintball's metaphor for life type things. But, I don't know, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I've been, you know, and, and at least talking about the kids I've been working with recently, like I said, they, I mean... It surprised me the kind of range I've gotten, um, and it's 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 been anywhere from like I said, somebody that literally started playing, you know, a month ago, and he he walked up to me and he's like, "Yeah, I just want to beat my we play we play almost every weekend. I just wanted to beat my friends at rec ball, all you know, all the way to you know, some of my members are D two D one, you know, hopefully." will break into the pro ranks here soon and, and you know and everything else in between. And and some of these D three guys, I know their one of their goals is to play professional paintball. And they're gonna work towards that. You know, what some may fall off and that's fine. I mean, you know, I played basketball and tennis, you know, and I played tennis almost all the way through high school. And by my junior year, I was like, I really don't care about this crap anymore. I'm just going to play paintball. You know, there's no, there's no, nothing wrong with, with giving up on, on a, on a goal to play professional paintball. It's just the problem is, and, and, and the, the problem I had with a lot of these people arguing with me is either they didn't get the point or they just haven't been in my position because I've seen it, you know, I've been in, in, a, in a leadership role and, you know, Alex is one of those guys that he's he's trusted me over the past four or five years to be a part of, you know, organizing our team and picking the players we want. And do we think this guy can cut it? So it's, you know, over the past four or five years, I've been looking for players. I've been looking to give people chances because somebody gave me a chance. Alex gave me a chance. And that's the biggest thing I, I've seen lacking is this, like, killer instinct and mental tenacity that 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 shows through i mean it's so easy to see when you see it and 
uh, yeah, and that's, I, I just think uh, people, I don't know, never really had a response for that because it is true. Like, I've been in the position where I'm looking, not only have I been coaching full time for the past year, but I've also been in a position where I'm trying to recruit players to make my team better. And here's the fault. And, you know, these people could argue with me day and night, bring up the best arguments, but the, the fact still remains, like, I've been here and I've done it and I've seen it and here's what's wrong. Yeah, I mean, but again, you know, it's like with mental tenacity, that is a, can be a pretty elusive quality. You know, you can, you know, I mean, that's what, uh, I mean, again, that's kind of what, it, but that's kind of what, you know, it, it may or may not live in somebody to a certain degree. You know, some people are going to have it in spades. Some people maybe just a little bit and some people won't have it at all. But that's my argument for the sport of paintball, though, is that as a, you know, if you want to give your kid a real good coming-of-age ceremony, just let him play tournament paintball for a couple seasons, man. You know, let him mix in with a group of guys who are from, you know, all different types of people, some hotheads, some assholes, some egotistical maniacs, some real humble, quiet guys. You know, they have to – there's certain things. You're all working towards a common goal. And, yeah. uh, and I think that being in that environment is that litmus test for, you know, it can, it can you know, bring – even if you don't have a lot of it, it can bring a little bit more because you're forced. Like if you're – you have to, you know, you have to exhibit that element of your soul. It has to come out or you're just going to quit, you know, or you're not going to be very effective. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things I, I've, I've preached, and this is, you know, mainly it's been to just my members, is, uh, is wasted seconds is, is basically what I call it. Where, you know, it, it goes along with another thing I preach where it's like, if you're not shooting your gun, talking or moving, what are you doing for your team? And, you, you know, you look at a, you look at a pro player, a, a, you know, a top-level pro player, and almost, you know, 95%, they're doing something that benefits their team. They're not wasting any seconds out there. Because that's the difference I saw. I'd watch, you know, like VCR recordings of me playing versus the Durder videos that were coming out at the time. And it was like, man, I sat there and did nothing for like, it was only sometimes maybe a second, second and a half, two seconds. But you add up all those little seconds through a game and it's like, I just wasted 20 seconds of my team's time. And you look at a pro player and it's like, man, you know, somebody like Justin Cornell or Billy um, or even Carl that we just picked up, like, dude, those dudes waste no time. They're, you know, straight off the break going to work and constantly trying to push down the field or do something that benefits their team. And that's what I look for. Like whenever we're looking to pick up a kid, somebody that's doesn't have much wasted time in that field and, and where that, you know, where that comes from is that like incredible drive and hunger that I feel is forged through sometimes bloody reminders to always be doing something for your team, to always be doing something to improve your own stake in the game. Yeah. Another thing too, is that, you know, every team's going to be a little different with how their mentality is. And, you know, I mean, Aftershock was, you know, back in the day was known as like the super brutal team and the Ironmen also were pretty, you know, pretty aggressive and, um, then you had the all Americans are a little bit more tactical and, you know, even today, you know, it's, it's a little bit more, um, it's, 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 you don't quite see the like really kind of defining personalities because over time the game has evolved into a certain look and a certain way that it's done. Um, but, uh, but when you're out there and you're looking for these kids, like, cause you know, there's going to be kids that are listening to this 
um, that are that are going to want to be exhibiting those traits. Other than looking, you know, you're saying no wasted seconds, but you know, what is that mental tenacity? Because you know, being kind of effective and not wasting your seconds and being like a productive guy that's out there looking for either a move, a kill, or what his overall you know space is in the game at that particular moment. Other than that, you know. Like, kind of get into a little bit more into what that mental tenacity is. I mean, it's it's so hard to, like, specifically tell you exactly what I look for. Um, but it's, like, when you see it, it's, like, you can tell. And, he, and like you said, like, somebody like the All-Americans, even though those guys weren't moving down the field incredibly fast. But you could, you could tell each one of their players there was something going on in their head. They were doing something for a reason and they knew that reason they believed in that reason yeah and i'm talking about the and, old school i don't mean to interrupt but i'm talking about the old school americans because uh you know because we are talking about like you were talking about yeah. like back in the day because they when you know tim montressor and ryan moorhead and they and when fedoroff came over they were one of the more aggressive they had like redefined yeah. their style but that was but you could say tampa bay stampa uh tampa bay is more of a exactly you know i mean and they and they switch it up but they're more you know not cautious team, I guess they, they hold their lanes a little bit longer. They let the game unfold to how they like to see it and then they'll push, but yeah, they're, but they're still, you know, they, they have a mission. They're following that mission. They believe in that mission. But the one, the one thing I preach the most to these kids, cause it's the hardest thing to teach is the mental aspect. And that's what I preach about the most because that's where people need the most help is, is be a, is be a student of the game. Um, and, and what I mean by that is like when I go to a paintball field and, and I started doing it, um, when I was really young, I always, I played basketball and I always had really good, like court awareness. I could always see the open guy. Even if I couldn't see him, I knew where he was. I could just read the court really well. And I started to apply that to paintball. But when I jumped into paintball, I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't have field awareness. You know, it's like something you kind of have to learn through watching games so when i'd watch a game i wouldn't just watch a game and look for a cool move or just sit there and kind of like half watch and bullshit with my friends i would like immerse myself in the game and and first i start out with only one player i'd pick a player i'd pick the guy that either i was would play against so if i was playing a backer role i'd I'd pick the front guy and i'd watch him play and see his uh tendencies or I'd pick a back player and watch like, okay, what is he doing and why is he doing it? And I'd constantly be asking that question throughout the whole game. And once I mastered, you know, watching some of the best back players in the world, okay, why does he do this? Okay, that makes sense. He Should he do this? Should he do this? I don't know. You know, I'd always be asking questions. Then, I, then I'd move up to, okay, now I'm going to watch maybe a side of the field or actually the whole team. And I'd analyze the game so much that I'd be like, okay, watching this game and I still do it to this day we're sitting in the stands and and now I'm good at it so I sit up in the stands and now I'm like gambling with my friends but I'm still like okay if the Ironman moved to 50 Dorito you know Marcelo can shoot out the snake corner the snake corner dies you know Alex Goldman can run down their snake now they own that wire A-Rod makes a move up the center they cut off that side you know it's like I'm constantly analyzing every game of paintball I see and it doesn't matter if it's a pro game or like a D5 game I'm still like sitting there, like everything's going through my head. Okay, this guy needs to make this move, shoot this guy, clears that wire. You know, it's 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 a like a it's a constant battle in my head to like figure out the game as much as possible. And what that what that translates to is all, all of a sudden you master watching a game from the outside, and then all of a sudden you're going to be in uh, you know on on the inside of those nets, 
and you're going to see it unfold in the back of your head. It's almost like a COD. You call in the, the UAV and it's like you see where all the players are and you're like, okay, if we can get, you know, if I can get to this spot and shoot this guy, we win the snake side, we can win this game, you know, or, okay, I'm in, I'm not in a position to win this game, but meter is, let me get him to their snake. He can shoot out this guy. You know, it, 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 it basically becomes like a third person view of the field. I feel like for me when I see it and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very clear to me because I've studied it and I've watched so much paintball that it's, that it's easy that field aware. I raised my own field awareness by just being a student of the game. <laughs> well, a lot of it too. I think that, you know, I mean, that's, it's about uh, what you're digesting. Uh, it's about just, it's about, again, field awareness, like you're saying, and, uh, and the uh, availability of information, the processing speed and what you're actually thinking about. And that's, you know, a lot of that has to do with about reps and then, and then what type of mentality you take to each rep. Are you familiar with like, it's, it's almost like paintball's version of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are you familiar with that at all? Yeah, I remember that in psychology. But I mean, like one thing I want to touch on is like, because I, 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 I want to get away from you have to play a bunch of paintball to be good at it. And yeah, you do. But the reason I'm, I was successful and I'm successful to this day was not because of like how many games of paintball I played. I played a lot of paintball. But what made me successful is what I did when I wasn't playing paintball. And that's what I'm trying to teach to a lot of these kids is that yeah, you can go out there and blow tons of money on paint and play as many points as, as you can possibly. But if you're not learning on and off the field, then, then, then you're only going at half speed. Anyways, continue. Well, no, I mean, I, I definitely don't disagree that, you know, it's not just about reps, but I mean, you know, everything is about reps, whatever it is that you're doing, but it's about, like I was saying, the mentality that you bring to that. And a lot of that does come from what you're doing off the field. I mean, dude, like, you mean, and I mean, even even the luxury of having like an inflatable field and netting around it to stand around and watch to see what ha- is happening on that field. Let alone the thousands of hours of paintball you can watch the best teams play on our YouTube channel, or watching the live webcast or clinics to go to. Like, dude, we didn't have any of that shit back in the day. Like, yeah, that didn't yeah. exist. Like, if you wanted to go see a top level pro team when you weren't playing, or if you played because you you know when you were an amateur team, you used to play pro teams, but. Like, so when I first got on Navarone, like, I was on this team with a lot of these older guys. I'm the youngest guy on the team by 10 years. And, you know, I was a huge fan of the game. So I wanted to continually get better. But, like, most people didn't shoot left-handed. There wasn't really a lot of, like, you know, the whole strategy thing was in its infancy. And so we would just, you know, I would be the guy that was like, where, like, where the hell is Matt? And I'd be, you know, trying to go find these other games. I want to see the Ironman play. I want to see all Americans play. I want to see bad company, whoever the hell I could go out and watch, but you'd have to trek out into the woods and go and stand on like sidelines in, you know, on a woods ball field, which you couldn't really see the whole entire field and try to figure out like how the hell these guys are doing certain things. And then sometimes you just have to figure it out yourself, you know, and like figure out what is the best way to hold your gun. A lot of it didn't even necessarily come because there weren't even videos to watch. There was no videos. There was, you know, a couple magazines. But, you know, I, we were part of that generation that kind of invented the, the way paintball is currently played. So, I mean, yeah. people have it even easier now to go and do your homework and figure out what you should be thinking in certain situations and use the, you know, I, so I do totally agree with you that, you know, that you, if you are able to, you know, just, like anything else, figure it out, dude, like figure out the tactics. I mean, I remember when we taught a clinic 
in Majorca, and uh, I think I brought this up in the podcast not too long ago, but I had to teach a whole, like, I didn't even know I had to do this. We got there, and the, the organizer of the clinic was like, all right, we're going to have, like, a, like a schoolroom tactics section. And, and so Oliver and Mr. You and Davey and Nikki were like, oh, Maddie, you're going to do that. And I'm like, great. So I did <laughs> literally, like, with no preparation and just, like, some paper and a pen, you know, like, we didn't even have a whiteboard and just basically, like, talk tactics with guys. But that is, yeah. that's important stuff, man. I mean, why do you think, you know, why, there's a reason why teams have, every team, ha- they should be, has meetings. You know, you have meetings and you guys all hash it out and figure out what you're going to do. You know, it's, it's yeah. that's, that's with you, too. It's not just your team, you know. So I do agree if you want to be great. And, again, we're speaking to guys that, that really, you know, want to be at the, the best they can be and, like, do Whatever that takes. We're not talking about the guys that are just going out and having a good time and playing for fun. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah. So, I mean, and then another thing that I thought was interesting um, as, you know, was the whole concept of money, you know, that people kept bringing up, you know, like money this and money that. Like it was, I don't know, it was just kind of interesting because – Yeah, I mean, it's – you know what? I agree. You know, I agree with that message because – when the economy took a hit that removed a lot of people that probably would, could have been, you know, professional paintball players or could have been paintball players just in general got wiped out because of that happened. But, you know, and then that's the thing I keep referring back to is like, I still, you know, saw a bunch of kids coming out to our field, you know, saying they wanted to play a professional paintball or like you, you could tell that was their goal, but just lacked, lacked that, that, you know, mental tenacity, killer instinct, doggy dog world type thing. And, and, and so, yeah, it's, it, it, money did play a part in cutting out a big generation, but you know, it's just, we, we haven't seen, we've seen very little turnover and that's what I want to change. Um, you know, cause money is a big part of paintball, you know, it, it's, it's not a sport that's, that, that you can like buy one ball and go play every single day out on a, either in a grass field with a goal set up or, you know, a basketball hoop or, you know, tossing around a pigskin with your friends. It's, you, you have to have money to play, but, you know, I, you know, I feel like obviously if you're sitting here posting on PB nation and, you know, you, you, you live in the somewhere in the U S that, that has some kind of paintball field around it. And that's the thing, you know, the, the argument was, what if I live 800 miles from the nearest pro team? Well, it's like most paintball players play paintball in, in, in the paintball meccas. You know, they're either in the Midwest, California, uh, Texas, Florida. So it's a vast majority has, are somewhat near a team. And I, you know, I kept referring back to Trevor Reeser. I was like, this kid drove 450 miles down to San Antonio every weekend we had practice, was paying for a lot of the stuff back then. That was like the X factor dark ages uh when we got picked apart and he was paying for all this stuff and then that's the thing man when he came out to the trial i was like i saw him play like five games i was like okay this kid can play like we're, we're gonna pick this kid up and he made huge sacrifices to be a professional panball player and then next year he gets picked up by vicious and gets to travel all over the world playing with vicious playing the canadian expo league traveling to europe and it was like he didn't have a money excuse. He didn't have, you know, he didn't have a, oh, I'm too far. I live in Oklahoma. I'll never make it on a pro team. Like, 
he came down to the X factor, took a big risk and made the team. And that probably made him a stronger, a stronger person and player because he did that because he had to go through, you know, an eight hour drive, nine hour drive every single time to come practice. Well, and, and those are lessons again that you can kind of take and, and take them further on in your life. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, money is for sure. Like, yeah, it's it's not a cheap sport to play, especially at the very highest level. Um, but you know, I mean, I had to work a bunch of jobs coming up and go to school at the same time, and you know, I had to go through a lot of hardships as well. So I can empathize with 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 all those people on both sides that are saying like, oh, this is too hard. Because yeah, I had a lot of friends that and a lot of people I knew just play who just didn't want to make that commitment. Again, that that's okay. You know, I mean, they made other commitments to do other things, but. I just really wanted to do it, and nothing was going to stand in my way. And and anyone that I meet along that way that is willing to do that, like I'm always like, wow, that's that's really impressive. And and yeah, you know, like a lot of another thing that people kept bringing up was, you know, well, there's no motivation with the like, because when you know if you do make those sacrifices and pay all that money, then you know, like, you know, there's no payoff at the end because, and I mean, yeah, okay. So, you know, I mean, yeah, dude, yeah, this is this isn't this isn't skateboarding. These people aren't making million dollars a year, you know, it's like but when you look at the history of, of a lot of, of professional sports, like it all began as guys that just really love to play that particular game. And they evolved into the megalithic institutions that exist today, whether it be, you know, the NBA, whether it's the mainstream sports or, um, you know, the alternative sports. But, you know, it's it's kind of like that is just. That's what pioneers do, man. You know, it's a lot easier to get in your car and drive from St. Louis to California if you want to move out west. But my ancestors in the 1850s, like I was reading this awesome book recently. Anyone wants to read a dope book, check out, uh, it's called Fremont. And it's about this guy named Charles Fremont. Charles Fremont was uh, probably, you could make the argument that he was America's best explorer. He was a son, bastard son of a French immigrant. Um, and he was incredibly bright, good-looking dude, and he uh, apprenticed with this really old kind of elder statesman, explorer, scientist guy on an expedition that he went out to survey some land, learn the trade, and then talked his way into, you know, and it's a longer story, but essentially he went on um, this really big expedition uh, that was funded by the U.S. government to go find the South Pass in, in the Rockies to, to help the, the immigrants that were going to the Oregon Trail. And then had, you know, five different expeditions that he went on. His first three, it's, a, it's an awesome book, man. But in yeah. it, when you read it, you really can understand, like, how difficult it is to get on a bunch of horses with a group of guys in, you know, 1851 and then uh, and head out you know, from St. Louis all go all the way to California and then turn around and come all the way back. You know, that was a really hard thing to do. So, you know, yeah, it's, if, if your purpose is to make a million dollars, pro paintball is not for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, it's, like, it's just, to me, it's like a mute point, you know, it's like, I get where you're coming from, man. And you're right. Yeah. There's not a lot of money in it, but there are a few guys, a handful of guys that are professional paintball players and they make their money doing it. Some people started businesses to fund their habit. But at the same time, it, it's it's a it's a really awesome thing for your life in, in a lot of ways. And yeah, it's going to cost some money. It's going to take you time. You are going to have to make sacrifices if you want to play at a really high level. But there's lots of levels to play. And uh, and to me, that's just kind of a mute point, man. It's like, yeah, I know these. You know, it's not like Fedorov's making you know three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. It's not it, that doesn't that doesn't it doesn't happen. But 
he loves the game and he's been able to travel around the world and, you know, make a living doing this, even though he's not getting rich, but to him, it's worth it, you know, and everyone has their own journey. And that's the thing. It's like to shit on someone else's journey because that's not your journey to me is, 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 is horrible. You know, it's like, there's a lot of different ways to do things in life and a lot of different ways to go through it. And certain people put emphasis on certain things. Some people love money and yes, you need money to get by. And yes, it's important to be financially stable. And we've talked, talked about this in Blake's podcast, you know, Blake has a trade, you know, that's always my advice to guys like, yeah, man, go to school, get a job, learn a trade, do something productive so you're making, you know, an income. And then if you really are passionate about the game, then you can do that too. You know, I mean, it's nothing is like nothing stopped Blake. Blake wanted to play professional paintball. He happened to live in Southern California. He worked his ass off. I mean, he's in his like late twenties now, man. It took him a long time to do it, but he loves the game. He's passionate about it. He's, you know, he has a trade so he can afford to do it. And it's been an incredible thing for his life, you know? So it's, I hate when I hear that stuff because, you know, that's the wrong, that's that, yeah, that's a motivation for some people to do things and that's great and everything. But just because that's not some, you know, to shit on somebody else's dream or their passion, just because you're not going to make a million dollars out of it is to me, what's kind of wrong with the world in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's, it seemed to, it seemed to me, some of the people were getting at like all the sacrifices that the, that you have to make to play professional paintball. First, some people were saying you just need a lot of money which we obviously know is <laughs> it's complete bullshit, but it is that, you know, you'd, you'd basically be forfeiting other things in your life. And, and it's like, yeah, I, I forfeited a lot in my life. I worked jobs that I, I either could have spent the money or saved the money. Um, and I, I, you know, I feel like the, one of the things I, I missed the most was I didn't party as much as, you know, I, I partied a lot less than most kids my age because I was waking up you know, early every, you know, Saturday and Sunday morning. But is that a bad thing? So that's teaching you to like follow your dream and you get up early, you know, you wake up early to go do stuff. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like countless mornings. Yeah. Like at the end of the day and at the end of this journey that I've taken, I, I choose to do it all over again, a million times in a row, like what I've learned and what I've seen. And it's like, yeah, at, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't make much at all off BKI paintball. You know, I don't make, anything at all from x factor but what i've been paid in is well first off just the amount of traveling i've gotten i've gotten to do um there is a dollar figure on that and that's a lot and and i don't even travel as much as guys like ryan and oliver and um and then just the people i've met and 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 i think the most important thing is the lessons i've learned and that you know, it's like you said, yeah, you, you know, money's important that you can go out there and make a million dollars. I learned, you know, I was so determined to play paintball that if I was ever determined to make a million dollars, I, I, I'd fucking do it and I'd do it probably pretty damn quick. But right now that's not my goal. You know, my goal, like I said, was to help grow the sport and help grow the professional ranks and, and inspire people. Like I was inspired you know, years ago and, and to learn the same lessons I've learned that the life to me, that's more than just 401ks and retirements and get a, get a corpo job. To me, it's like, find your passion, follow your passion and do whatever you, you, you can to inspire people to do the same. Cause uh, you know, I, I've had more fun doing that than I felt like most of my friends have <laughs> going down the, the, the normal path in life. Um, because they still don't know what they're passionate about and they still are kind of just treading, treading water along the way. 
Yeah, and you know, hey man, we need like society's got to run, so we need people to do all the things that are necessary for you know this modern civilization that we live in. And you got to also have a roof over your head. You got to eat food, and if you have children, you need to provide for them. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to get done. Um, but still, so but I just I don't want to shut away somebody else's passion other than you know give them the advice to you know hey don't you know sacrifice everything unless that I mean it's still your it's your road man you know so do whatever you want to do but at the end of the day yeah it's these are probably things <laughs> things on the checklist you know there's again it's back to the you know to the hierarchy of needs I mean you you need you know very first of all to have food roof over your head and what you need to do um, yeah. before you get to the whole like you know self actualization that sits at the tip of the pyramid no um, I mean I, I definitely any any time I'm I'm working with kids you know I'm always like listen you know if they have some reason they can't make practice I'm like you know what family and school come first that's that's the one thing I preach to any of the kids that I work with is those two things cuz I know that was important to my parents you know um, yeah, I think paintball is a school all in, in itself if you, you know, strive for greatness. But in the end, I was like, you know what, you got to you got to go to school, you got to take care of your grades, and you got to take care of your parents and your family, you know, after those two, you can put paintball, but those two come first. Yeah, and again, and if there was some really crazy mystical, you know, if you were like, you know, there's the, the whole stories of like rock bands, or, you know, some sports stars, or whatever it is, but you know, of guys that really sacrificed everything and ended up being some huge success. But yeah, we're to be the first people to tell you there are not millions of dollars at the end of the pro paintball rainbow. What you're going to get is a really badass life and you're going to evolve your mind to be very strong, very experienced. You're going to be a pretty well-rounded human at the end of the adventure because you're going to have to have dealt with so many different people. You've been to different places and see that you know, yeah, okay, well, you know, Americans, not, not all Americans like French people, not all French people like Americans, but guess what, man, when you're sitting in an apartment in Paris with a French paintball player with all of his buddies, you're going to, after spending some time, they're going to realize, like, hey, we're all kind of the same, like, this is all, this, yeah. they all care about the same stuff that I care about, they're just speaking a different language, and, you know, so... It just, uh, it kind of, it really gets me when I see some pe- people were tearing you down for, you know, kind of almost shitting on the fact that, you know, you made these sacrifices or that you were telling other people to make undue sacrifices. It's like, and also who is one person to tell another person what sacrifices they can or can't make in their own life? You know, that to me is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it it was, it was, it was something I wrote that, you know, in, in and of itself, whatever your response was kind of proved its point, you know, it's like, okay, you didn't like what I had to say, then that's not your goal. And, that's fine, dude. You know, like you're not trying to be a pro paintball player. Paintball is a really fun game, whether you're pro or not. You know, I've done scenarios, you know, I've played every aspect of paintball and I've enjoyed every single one of it. So if you want to be a really good scenario paintball player, by all means do that because that would be, you know, that would be a hell of a lot of fun too. It was also interesting about a lot of the concepts of the game and how it's evolved into its current form. Um, which is also kind of an interesting conversation, you know, I mean, but I think that in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, you could almost make the argument that if it, I always would joke that, and again, I'm not saying that we do this, but if, you know, if everyone's always like, it's like they want, you know, it's the cake and eat it too type thing where, you know, they want paintball to not be war related, to be super safe for the kids, but they want it to be super popular as well. And it's like, dude, I'll be the first person to tell you as the guy who has to talk about paintball all the time, like paintball itself is, you know, the way it currently is like, I mean, 
there's not enough spectacle. Like nobody's dying. Uh, you know, there's there's not enough spectacle to literally entertain you know millions and millions and millions of people across the globe just by watching it. So I always would joke. I'm like, hey, I mean, if we really want to make this thing super entertaining, you know, then why don't we just put ten Nikki Cuba Mike Paxsons in there, give them <laughs> slide frame autocockers and uh, put mouthpieces in, no face masks, and allow fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I watch that. I pay to watch that. I look at my Facebook news feed, and honestly. I don't know if I want to make it on TV and entertain the people that I that I see what they're entertained by. Like doing like you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, it would mean I, we'd get paid and there'd be more money. But it's you know, you know, like it seems we're like we as a society are going away from like real things and cool stories and about real people to a bunch of fake overrated bullshit. So it's like, I, I don't know if paintball ever make it on TV. I, I, you know, I always joke like the day paintball makes it on TV is the day like I retire or get cut, you know, and that probably will come true. Well, paintball, but. that's the thing is like, and one of the, I can't remember. There was a, one of the things on there about like, why, you know, why isn't paintball on TV anymore? And it's like, well, first of all, paintball has never been on TV for a, a regular basis, except with one exception. And that is the uh, college show, which has now been running, I think, for six or seven years in a row. It's been yeah. on TV every year. So there is paintball on TV with regularity, but it's once a year, and it's a college show. And I believe we're on uh, NBC now, NBC Sports, or CBS Sports Network. I think we just made a change. Anyway, so – but it will be coming up again in March. So that's been a regular TV thing for, you know, going past a decade – half a decade now. And uh, and all I was involved with – almost all of those other TV shows. Like I could give that's for another podcast. And I've, I've definitely talked about this a little bit before, but you know, it's, it's, those were, it, it was never like paintball was on TV and then it just mysteriously got pulled because like of whatever, like that didn't happen, you know? And yeah. another thing that drives me crazy is when people are like, Oh, well, how are we going to get to the mainstream, the quote unquote mainstream? And I'm like, dude, there are a shit ton of people that play paintball all around the world. There's tons of, there's been, we've had, you know, I mean, just Greg Hastings alone has produced a ton of video games. We've had, you know, television shows. It's been, I mean, when you have like, I think there was a quote, I think it was the A-team, when they're falling down in the parachute, and uh, one of the main characters is like, all right, paintball players, it's time to turn pro. Like, you know, I mean, it, it, it is in a way. It's out there. Yeah, it's, it's out, out there, there, man. It's definitely out there. And to me, it's like, that's why what we're doing at PBA is important to me and why I do this instead of going to do something else is because, you know, again, the game of paintball to me is, because I've experienced this and I've seen this hundreds of times, it's a great growing experience for a human soul. It's like soul school. And yeah, there's a lot of shitheads in paintball. Guess what? There's a lot of shitheads in the world, you know? That's yeah. welcome to reality, man. You know, like that's just how life is. And uh, and you have to deal with those people too, you know? And so I just, you know, as we, and, and things evolve the way they evolve. And I mean, again, there's, the way that the history of the sport is, is like we've evolved the way we've evolved because people are trying to constantly make it better. Like no one's in, initially, like intentionally trying to make it worse, you know? Um, and it's, it's just evolved to become like more viewer friendly. One of the things, but like you had said, you know, the things, you know, you want stories about people. And that's why, you know, like that's why I love podcasts. I love doing this podcast or doing stories or like trying to tell people stories is because there are a lot of interesting people that play the game. And the game itself is super fascinating to me. I, like you, you were saying, you go like I've always loved watching paintball in every every way, shape, and form. You know, whether it be um, woods ball or pump or you know of what we currently are seeing the best players in the world. Um, and to me, it's really interesting. So it's about bringing out those. You know, that's why stats are important. It's about bringing out as much as we can. It's 
you know, bring out those dynamic elements. And no, and, and that's why it's like with what you're doing with BKI, like and writing a blog like this that got some people's goat and you had a ton of people support you. And some, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, you're, fuck Grayson, this sucks. He's an asshole. I can't believe he'd, you know, want to make more, put more brutality in the sport. But at the same time, like you're out there trying to change things and being trying to be a good person, trying to do things for the better, help people get better at this. And everyone needs to look upon themselves and think like, yeah, well, what can I do, you know, to try to make it better if I really care passionately about this, whether it's tell people about it or, you know, do your own podcast or, you know, tell stories or whatever it may be, help out at your local field, start a charity, you know, start your own league, do something, you know, because yeah. it's there is because yeah. everyone just wants these, you know, like this all of a sudden uh, Red Bull's just going to wake up and get it and they're going to come and give us a ton of money and all of a sudden it's going to be what everybody wants it to be. No, it's going to take time. It's going to take application of effort. It's going to take a lot of people trying to fight the good fight, which is why I'm always here and all the time, anytime that a microphone gets put in front of my face, I'm always saying help preach the paintball gospel, you know, and in and, and yeah. it's, its many myriad of different ways. There's so many different ways to play the sport. So, you know, what you're doing by teaching guys and, and running clinics is creating a hotbed for paintball. That's creating a mecca for paintball. And we've noticed this and we've, we've talked about this, you and I, in, in previous podcasts, when we had X Factor, and it was like you and Archie and, and Ryan talk about how, how Texas, because of people like Rab, people like you, people like uh, Greg Pauly, people like Alex Martinez, that all of a sudden Texas has, you know, a really thriving scene. And you're starting to see these like thriving regional scenes because you know, some guys got a wild hair up their ass and realized, like, let me go out and actually do some work and try to change things for the better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I actually, I mean, I, this past year, I've been, uh, was helping out with the AXBL that Rab and Greg Pauly put on. Um, and man, it's like, it's crazy. Cause when I grew up in Texas, there was 50, 60 teams in event, sometimes more. And, you know, the economy took a nosedive and so did, you know, paintball. And we, we, we didn't really have any good series. And now, I think one of the tournaments this year, we got, we had 80 teams, 81 teams, I think. Um, and so next year I'll be doing the same thing. And it's, yeah, it's funny. I mean, of course, everyone thought I was going to be a dick to everyone I met, you know, paintball or not. And it's like, no, dude, I'm out here doing stuff that's good. I just didn't publish it. <laughs> so maybe I need to. Maybe I need to, so they won't be so harsh on me next time. <laughs> There's definitely some people out there right now, Grayson, that think you're a giant dick. I'm just, yeah, just throwing right. just throwing it out matter. there, bro. Yeah, uh, they don't matter. Yeah, but um, <laughs> the ones that, and that's the thing. It's funny because I mean, I've gotten a more positive response from this than I, than I have anything else I've ever written. And you know, obviously, a lot of it was like private messages where the kids got the exact point. They're like, "I'm coming for you, dude," you know, or like, you know, and they're just saying thanks and that they're going to take it to heart. So, you know, I, I was happy the way it turned out, no matter what any of these guys are saying publicly to me back on, on PB nation, I could care less because the message was sent and it was received. It was received well by the people that I know that I know care about it. Well, Hey man, anytime you put yourself out there, you have to wade through, some people potentially not liking it, you know? I mean, that's just part. It's like, okay, well, you, if you go out there and play paintball, you may get shot. And that's just kind of part of the deal you make. Um, but, uh, but, you know, then that's why I wanted to do this podcast with you is that, you know, I've, I've known you for a while. I, I understand what you were getting at with this piece and, you know, kind of wanted to talk through some of these, you know, these issues. I know we don't have forever, but, um, but, you know, but I, I really got the tone of it. And, and yeah, man, I mean, I think people do need to toughen up, you know, it's like, I, I was having this conversation with the other day with like, 
Um, it was at Thanksgiving. I think it was one of my girlfriend's parents, friends, or, or I can't remember who it was. But anyway, but the point of it was that something, you know, it was like, oh, well, you know, eventually there's going to be, a, you know, with the ISIS, there's going to be another terrorist attack. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, at some point there is. And we'll probably eventually, it's not going to happen today. Hopefully it won't happen for like another thousand years, but eventually an asteroid's going to hit. And there's going to be, you know, I live in California. There's going to be a big earthquake. Like bad shit yeah. happens, man. It's going to happen. Like, don't delude yourself and think that you're that that bad shit is never going to happen. It's going to happen. So knowing that it's going to happen, you kind of just have to steel yourself to that. And I think that, you know, as these as a lot of these kids have been raised in this, you know, it's like Bob Long was telling me one time, Bob Long, you know, famous paintball player. And uh, and he was I know you know who he is, but some guys out there might not that if they just got in it. But um, when the you know, OG Ironman. Who I looked up to a lot. And I remember he was cooking barbecue one day at a big, big game that we were at. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, my generation made a mistake. He's like, when I was raised, I, my father was incredibly hard on me. I got beat if I did anything wrong. And, and I, when I got to be an adult, I, you know, realized like I didn't want my, to put my kids through that same type of anguish, that, that hurt and mental anguish. And I'm not saying go beat your children. But what he was saying was that he was just saying, like, look, you know, we gave our kids a really big, huge free ride on a lot of things, and we weren't as hard on them as our parents were on us, and we we messed up, you know, and and what, you know, giving out participation awards and just kind of coddling shit out of everybody, and that was, and what happened was is that, you know, now we have... You know, not and again, this is a vast general generalization here. So yeah, you know, yeah, there yeah. are a lot of tough young people out there, and I think that was another thing that you know a lot of the guys were kind of harping on you, like, oh, you know, this has been happening. You're you're the generation before you thought you guys were soft, and this is, happens every generation. Yeah, no shit. Okay, we know that that happens every generation, and yeah, in every generation, there's you know tough kids and there's not tough kids, and that's just life, man. I get that. But at the same time, if you kind of look at it as a whole, I mean, there's a reason why you have articles coming out that are directed towards, um, and not all this is bad necessarily. Like, I'm not saying, like, yes, the way to go forward is just being a giant asshole to everybody when they're in this situation, you know, when they're coming up or whatever, but and just be hard on everybody all the time. There's a fine line, of course. But uh, but articles being written like how to deal with millennials and you know that sort of stuff and you know how yeah. these people think they're entitled and should you know come right out of college and you get a hundred thousand dollar a year job and no one should intern and they want to you know get all this they just have basically like you know it's great to have aspirations to do that but there is this uh, really great article I don't know if you read it before it was on Cracked and it was called Five Harsh Truths That Will Make You a Better Person Have you ever read that before? Uh, I may have. That sounds familiar, actually. Dude, it's really That's, good. You should read it. In fact, I, I, I mean, I'm going to look it up right after. They should, <laughs> they should. They should force. I truly believe there's like certain things you'd have to find out about, like before you're, you know. Again, it's like coming of age stuff. You know, there's certain things you should be taught either by society or by your parents or a, whatever. If you're, you know, there's just certain things that just it would make life a lot easier for you if you were able to check these things out before you'd have to come to them or either come to the understanding the hard way or come to this later on to learn this. But, you know, it was, it was just, it was a really, it kind of hits exactly what I'm talking about, you know? And, and so, and I think that, you know, I think that because, you know, you're just dealing with a blog post here that was, that was intentionally supposed to try to ruffle some feathers. Um, and again, you know, there's, there's just a lot of gray area there, but I think that kind of as a whole, I, I don't really think you could argue it too much that, 
I mean, obviously, you know, there's some great servicemen that went and fought, and there's a lot of hardcore, hardcore people out there in this generation that are tough. But, you know, I think as a whole, it would, it would definitely help if, you know, especially when people are striving for greatness, that they were, you know, expected, that that was expected of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it goes back to what my sister was telling me that, you know, somebody's goal is to be a professional paintball player, and that's truly what they're <laughs> striving for. You know, there is no such thing as a good job until they accomplish that. And yeah, obviously, I'm still going to encourage guys like that along the way. But like I said, when I teach these clinics, you know, when, when we're doing a drill, and my guy that's one month old, old in the game, I dumb the drill down and it's like run and shoot some poles. And it's like, as long as his gun's not flopping all over the place and he's using the correct hand, he he's doing good. But when, you know, a more experienced player steps up there that I know has that drive, I'm going to make them run it over and over and over until I see almost perfection. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what I was getting at in a very loud, crude way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it was kind of, I also just thought, you know, again, the paintball itself, you know, if you're talking, paintball is kind of, it's one of those things where if you make a mistake, you're punished with pain, you know, if you, if you don't do, it's inherent in our game, it's inherent, it's written into the fabric of the game. So that's why I'm always like, yeah, get your kids out and play paintball, because, you know, written into the fabric of the game is how life works itself, you know, and, uh, um, not as visceral, not as, you know, not as, a, not as a parent all the time, but still, it, it's still there. Um, but yeah, man, oh, yeah. Know, just, oh, yeah. it, uh, but ultimately, um, how, so how is it going in Texas right now? You know, on that regional side of things? I mean, it's, is it continuing to go really well? I, I, it seemed like it was going really well throughout the year for, you know, for the XBL and everything. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, the AXPL is is blowing up, and I I know that you start to see a lot more, you know, local leagues popping up in the cities, whether it's Dallas or Houston or the Austin-San Antonio area. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a renewed interest in paintball back in Texas compared to like, right, you know, right as I was leaving the local scene, it started to die off, and now we're seeing, like I said, you know, 60 to 80 teams in an event, which was unheard of three or four years ago. And yeah, it's all in a, it's in a large part to those few guys. I mean, one, one we didn't mention was Ryan Gray. Ryan Gray also had a big factor in that too, but um, yeah, Rab, Greg, Ryan, Alex, um, even, even uh, Jim from Houston zone uh, played a big part. And I even think, even though Houston heat wasn't from Houston and they occasionally practice in Houston, that definitely helped out as well too. Um Sarge getting those guys out in Houston and practicing, uh, that, that was, that was, that, that helped revitalize that area too. Cause people forget, I think how big Texas is <laughs> that literally every city is its own, is its own state within the state. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a really, really big place, but it's, it's just great to see that because, you know, another thing that uh, the, the sky is falling, people are, are always saying is that, um, you know, I mean, when you look at, you know, I mean, the the PSB, and yeah, some of the, the teams have come over from the demise of the MPPL, but the PSP the past couple of years has grown, and uh, and a lot of these regional leagues have grown. So, you know, and there still are, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I mean, just, you know, the people that play at, like, the really big fields alone, there's, like, every weekend 10,000 new players coming out to, to check out the game, you know? So I think that yeah. as far as us moving forward, it's really more about, um, I mean, it's – 
you know, yeah, like the economy is still slugging along. It's gotten a little bit better depending on, you know, which news outlet you follow um, and what you believe or think or read. Uh, but, you know, you can, can kind of see it. I mean, so it's things are, are still, you know, we're trying to, you know, move things forward as much as we can with what we have. But that, again, goes to the whole like, hey, no, there's going to be no magnificent gift angels descending from the sky and just like all of a sudden putting us on prime time. Um, so it's, it's about, you know, the grassroots and kind of doing what you guys are doing and providing a good environment so that, you know, if people do go play at these big fields, that they have someplace else to go that's, you know, relatively local if they want to try to, you know, bootstrap their way up. Um, and then also we're going to see a big, you know, change of guards, uh, change of guard on eventually here relatively soon at the top level, you know? So, I mean, yeah. you know, and that's, we've already seen, you know, our chaos is going away. Um, we don't know if excessive or CAP is going to play next year. Uh, you know, there's some new teams going to come in. So, you know, in a couple years now, we're going to see, you know, and I mean, the, you know, the dynasty guys are now in their early thirties. They could continue to play for a while, you know, obviously, but the, the era of paintball that, you know, that that's going to be ending in the next couple of years. And there's going to be a new one that's going to start up, you know, it's like, I mean, even if like every paintball, it's like, and at the end of the day, like people just like to play the game, you know? So, yeah. and, and even if, you know, God forbid that, you know, that mystery asteroid came and hit a, a big tournament, and every single paintball player that was there was gone all of a sudden off the face of the map. Like people like to play this game competitively, you know, and there will be, yeah. a, there will be a new incarnation. So, you know, as these, you know, the pros that began when you began, I mean, you've been doing this for how, how long now? Since 2005, right? Professionally? Uh, no, we went in 2006. Six. Yeah. I was trying to remember, but it's, uh, I don't have my stats in front of me, but, um, but yeah, so. And then honestly, like what I what I'd like to see is, I mean, we have the champs and challengers division, and I've been a part of both, but it's still heavy turnover in terms of just teams come up and come back down. What what I would like to see is instead of uh, you know me kind of always just guessing, okay, one of these five or six teams will win an event. You know, it could be one any one of those ten where you know we have a constant influx of new teams coming up and old, the old guard dropping down and, you know, we're constantly being challenged, you know, you know, cause it, at, it, at it is, you know, at its current state, it's not there yet. Yeah. But, but, but it, it but it takes, be, I would argue that it takes a little bit of time, you know? Oh, no, yeah. I completely agree yeah, with you. So That's it's like, what I want to see because I remember when we first came into the league, there was 16 teams and yeah, maybe not all 16 could win that event, but there was a good, you know, eight, nine, maybe even 10 teams that could could win that event. If they played the lights out, they could win that event. Um, not the, you know, four or five or six teams that can win an event now. Like I, I'd like to see it back where there was... You know, you really couldn't tell who was going to win the event till the very last match. Yeah, and it, and there was, you know, I mean, there. I felt that going into last year that there was a really high level of parity between, I mean, look at, and also you saw it happen too. It was crazy. I mean, you guys went, you know, up and down, um, not consistently, but, I mean, you went down and then you came back up. Yeah. But, I mean, Infamous won the first event, spent the rest of the year pretty much down in the Challengers division. They won the first event, Champs division. Um, and then you, you know, so yeah, but it just, it's going to take time. And then, yeah, of course you throw in the curveball of, of the really high dollar teams are going to poach high level talent and then give their guys every, anything they need to, to try to, to make a winning paintball team. But that didn't work with heat last year. They re-upped this year, big time bringing the Russians on. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's like, 
I just think that it's one of those things well, you try I to take a... You know, I think that's only possible because we haven't seen another push, an influx of players. I mean, we saw 187 and to some, to some, uh, to some degree Revo kind of push into the ranks and become a team that can contend. And... Time, you know, I think we'll see Again, more time. next year for yeah. sure. I think we'll see more next year for I, sure. I think there has, I think that there has obviously been, and this was another thing that some guys were harping on you, and I kind of agreed with them a little bit on this. But again, I, you know, I understand what you're, where you're coming from, and what you're saying. You're talking about that top level, but to me, like there has been an influx of these. So, you know, so now next year you're going to have potentially AC Dallas. You already have Rebel yeah. come up. 187's been in the league for a while, but you're going to see, but it's tough because at that level, you know, if you don't see success, it's going to maybe tough to keep that, that fire burning, but then maybe there'll be, you know, some more people coming, coming up right behind them. Um, and then, yeah, you could make the argument that, okay, the money teams are just going to poach the best players from those teams. And that's a whole separate argument, but I was just impressed to see because bro, dude, I watch every single point of paintball that's played <laughs> yeah. every year. And to see the the desire and talk to the, the the teams and see what they what they're bringing to the table, it's just going to take some time. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it, no. it, it, there hasn't been a long enough time period yet for a lot of these these newer teams and these newer players to come in to get that experience at that really high level and then be able to you know because it's just like you were talking about, man. It's like when you go out and you play, it's like what information are you taking in with that mental you know exerting your mental tenacity? What information yeah. are you taking in? It's the same thing for those guys as they keep notching up and going into the higher and higher levels of the play. Yeah, and I mean, I see that's the thing. I guess I agree with you, but I, I disagree with you at the same time because it's like I look back at 2006 when we went pro <laughs> and it wasn't like well, every every other pro thought, okay, we got a new ultimate in here. You know, we'll beat these kids up. Like it'll be an easy game. And our first event, we make Sunday. You know, like you know, they they can have excuses, and they and yeah, and it it, it will take some of them time. I think they needed that hard lesson of okay, this is the champions bracket. You know, we just came in with a different mentality of like, fuck you, we're gonna you know yeah. we're gonna we're gonna put everyone down in our way. Well, and I think that I think I, the, I just think they haven't learned that yet, and maybe they did. Maybe they bumped up. They saw okay. Here's here's what the champions bracket's like. We got to go back to school. We got to go back to work. Hey, you know? and and I I'm not completely disagreeing with you, but it's like you got to take those X color X factor colored glasses off and kind of look at it <laughs> from the big picture. Because you're but you guys were kind of an anomaly, man. You guys came yeah. out of you know it's and so when you <clears throat> you can't look at everybody as coming from that you know outlier perspective because you know that's just not the way it works. So it's like, but when you look at it on like a kind of a bigger long-term picture, the fact that these regional leagues are very healthy and growing, the fact that the PSP, you know, for the past couple of years has grown, we got the champs in the challengers bracket. People are still, you know, we're still tweaking that, trying to figure out the best way forward. The teams are also figuring out that stuff and then they're retweaking. And, you know, it's this constantly rapidly evolving beast, this like maelstrom of like, you know, money and talent and time and this mental tenacity on all levels for from the league to the teams all the way down to the players. And when you kind of like take that out a little bit, you know, and also it's really tough to compare, you know, a post great recession paintball world than a, you know, uh, than the bubble that existed in that during that time period, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. in the mid 2000s, because, you know, the game has existed now in its current incarnation. Yes, tweet little tweaks aside, but, you know, that it's completely different than, you know, comparing it to say, I mean, dude, we were playing in the woods in 98 when I first got on the Ironman and, and, and no airball whatsoever. And then we slowly but surely it was airball and then hyperball. And then all of a sudden, by 
by the time five years has gone by, it's the game has changed dramatically. You know, it's gone from you know ten man, twenty minute games in the woods to uh, you know X ball, fifteen man teams, five man on five men on the field halves. You know, twenty five balls a second, just chainsawing each other in half from slide frame autocockers in the span of five years. And yeah. then not only that, combine that with you know, the fact that at the time, you know, that's when outside money was coming into paintball because when you really looked at the numbers on the back end, if you were, you know, Crossman coming in to buy, you know, whoever, you know, when the, when these other companies, these investment firms came in or even, you know, like the, the, when the MPPL, you know, was sold off to, you know, a similar situation, they had the money to burn. Essentially you have these outside business interests looking at the growth rate. It would be like looking at the cross right now with it's, you know, up 148% or whatever it is in the past five years. And that's because, you know, dude, growing up, I don't know what the hell lacrosse was, man. It was like some weird yeah. game that, you know, I, I don't think I even heard the word lacrosse in, while I was in high school once. Oh, that's definitely true, yeah. You know, yeah. so Bizarre. that's the reason why, because when people are like, I'd, somebody even posted in the thread was like, oh, when you look at the, you know, increase in lacrosse, it's like, well, that's a, you know, they've got fertile ground, man. I mean, there's an entire country of people that, you know, pretty much didn't play that game. That was like a Northeast game. And then now it's like it's going to be everywhere because, you know, apparently it's super fun to play and it's really physical and it's going to have the same issues with concussions that football is having. I think that's one of the reasons football is dropping off. But to compare that time period when paintball came up in that early to mid-2000s range, that was a time that we're probably not going to see again, which is why I harp so much on the grassroots stuff and then everyone taking it upon themselves to spread the message and, you know, be a good paintball citizen or whatever. whatever hell, Use any metaphor you want, man, but that's the fact. You know, so but but that's why it's so cool right now to see this, you know, to see the champs and challengers, to see, you know, the, the, these younger teams, you know, the the one eight seven sticking around, Rebel coming up, um, even the other teams like Top Gun and a VCK. That's another Texas team. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of these like young hungry guys that they're not going anywhere yet, and they've got a chip on their shoulder, varying chips depending on who you talk to. Um, you know, there's collision, there's, I mean, there's a lot of these teams that are kind of, I just think that as things play themselves out here, I think you may, your wish may come true. I think that, I think that was another thing that some of the guys, like I think some Thunder Kid posted it, like, like, oh, you know, you're an old guy and you're bitter, kick, kiss, <laughs> kick rocks, um, you know, I'm going to take, whatever, I'm going to blow your head off, whatever it was, I can't remember. But, you know, so I think that there are a lot of like, which is why I both totally empathize and agree in a lot of ways with the things you're saying. But after talking to and seeing a lot of these younger guys, I think there is a, a grassroots movement in these, these younger guys. It's like I said, you know, not everyone is tough, but I think that those, there's a lot of guys out there that are right now and they just, yeah. we just don't know about them yet. You know, we just don't know about them yet, but you can see that by the health of a lot of these regional leagues and the fact that you've it just in the past couple of years, we've started to see some of these younger teams at least get in there and like, be like, Oh, you're going to give me a challenger spot. We're going to take it, you know, yeah. like, let's do this. Yeah. And then honestly, I mean, that, and that, that was, that was the goal of that article. It was a motivational piece. And I was just trying to give those kids you're talking about, like a kick in the teeth, like, if you're going to come up here, you're going to have to take it and you're going to have to, you're going to have to want it, but you know, better than I do. And I still want it pretty damn bad, you know, because honestly, you know what, all of that makes me a better player. It pushes me, you know, we as X factor. And I think we as a pro, you know, division got complacent because we, you know, <laughs> factors came in that then, you know, there wasn't a lot of kids hunting our spots and I don't want to see that. I don't want to be complacent on X factor. I don't want anyone on X factor to be complacent. I want, you know, 25 kids 
at our field breathing down our neck every week that we're like, damn, you know, like we got to get, we got, we got to stay on top of our game. We can't slack or, or we'll be replaced. Yeah. It is interesting though, because there's another element to this in the, what has become, because when I was first, it's again, a longer story and I don't want to be that guy. Well, guys are, well, back in the day, uphill both ways through the snow. Um, <laughs> but you know, there was a little bit of, I, I, I didn't ever have the illusion that I was going to become a rich man uh, or super famous by playing paintball. Um, I did want to become one of the best paintball players in the world. I did want that. And I thought maybe, you know, I could some, you know, once, um, you know, we got into the 2000s and, you know, people were throwing TV and all this, these different, you know, pie in the sky type stuff in your face. Oh, you're going to be in a video game. Oh, sweet. We're going to be on television. It's going to change the sport forever. And, you know, all this <laughs> sort of stuff. And it's like, all right, awesome. You know, and then um, you just kind of scrape by. I always would describe like, well, what was it like being a pro paintball player? I'm like, it's kind of like being a minor league baseball player, except you got to go to way cooler spots, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, even and, uh, and honestly, I don't think any of us would have said, you know, I didn't, I didn't start playing because I was like, Oh, it's going to be on TV and I'm going to make all this money playing professional paintball. I, I, you know, I think we all knew getting into it and hopefully no kid is playing for that reason. I hope that's not. a horrible reason. Yeah. I mean, there is that, but there is, you know, if you look at like, um, but you look at these money teams that are, that are paying their guys, even though still very few of them are getting any sort of real money. But if you're 22 years old, you know, and you're traveling around the world and playing pro paintball, like in a way, I hope to God that you still have a plan B because like that ain't going to last forever. Um, maybe, or maybe you'll change the mold. You know, I remember talking to Marcelo, this was, it was one of my very first podcasts I ever did when Patrick Spore was like, Hey, there's this thing called pod. This is maybe like 2000. And I think it was when they were, when Ironman started winning. And Marcelo at the time was like, you know, he was, uh, Oh God, how old was he? 15, you know? So Marcelo was like 15 or yeah. 16. And, and I, and I remember, I, I remember this, we're sitting in Billy Wing's house and <clears throat> love Billy Wing, but you know, Billy Wing's definitely, you know, Billy Wing always had a job. He was a pro paintball player, but he, you know, was a gunsmith at a real, at a real gun shop. And then he worked at, you know, died designing paintball guns. And, and he always had his nine to five job, even though he did, he was, you know, talented enough in the ways of industry to have, to get that job, but also really amazing on the field to play pro paintball. So, but he was a hard worker both on both ways. Yeah, um, but he was sitting there telling because I think Oliver just got that big, you know, his deal at the time, and which kind of you know light a fire under a young, Mar you know, Marcelo who was like, man, you know, I really I, I want to do that, and then Billy was like, that's never gonna happen, blah 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 blah, and you know, kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of just you know hating on his dream a little bit, but in like the you know older father way, like you don't yeah. kind of like we were talking about earlier, get a trade, that sort of stuff, you know, go to school, and but you know Marcelo has made that dream a reality. He's one of those guys that plays paintball for a living, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, and he's amazing. I mean, he almost won the top gun title three years running. He hasn't won it yet. And it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's but still, that says a lot about yeah, him. For it sure. says a lot about yeah. him. So he made that his reality. He went out there and now he's, you know, he's in Oliver's position on the Ironman, you know, but now fast forward eight years or so. And so, uh, so, you know, I, I don't want to hate on anyone's dream. I just want to, definitely ground them a little bit and also but I do agree with you it's like I think across the board everyone's just got to kind of toughen up a little bit you know um but that's just kind of the way things are but it can't it can't happen for a certain select few but just because it can't happen doesn't mean it's gonna happen to you so yeah but um but yeah man it's it should be a very interesting year coming up though um with with some of these you know younger teams coming up and We'll see kind of how things continue to shake down. Obviously, everyone out there in Internet land will keep you guys updated on, you know, who's out and who's in and when, if any more 
players change teams and all that good stuff. And uh, I mean, how's uh, we had Archie on earlier, and uh, on the on the last podcast we talked a little bit about X Factor. And I mean, you guys though could look pretty good again next year, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, we've we've always had our own struggles, and I think some of it really comes down to what I've been talking about is that you know, we, we've been allowed to stay complacent. We'd win an event and be like, oh, we're the shit and, you know, slack off and not have that, that intense drive. And, you know, we'd kind of slink back to being, you know, an okay, decent team that either would play really well or really terrible. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a constant struggle, man, especially, you know, when you look at our team and, we are not one of the big money teams and you know a lot of our guys focus on other things outside of paintball for the majority of their life and it's still you know i mean when something you only play you know sometimes only twice a weekend like it's still kind of a hobby um but it, you know in, in the end i mean we you know we i know this this past year we made some mental errors that were almost child childish like um you know blaming other parts of the game beyond what we can control ourselves. Um, I know that happened to us at World Cup. And, and that's the thing. We have to keep, you know, I, I sit there and teach people how to play paintball. But at the same time, I also have to work on it just as hard myself with nine other guys. Um, and like you said, it's always, it's never the easiest thing because you are dealing with uh, 10 different personalities all traveling, living together and spending spending lots of time with each other so yeah. but yeah i mean I'm, I'm definitely excited you know picking up carl you know it's one of those things like you know when i you know i think a lot of our reaction uh, a lot of the guys on the team were like shit that's gonna cut down my spins but it's you know like I, like i said man I, I love the challenge like i i've you know <laughs> i've been i've been a guy that didn't play much an event because ryan didn't see you know didn't see it and then i've been a guy he's leaned on heavily like i i want to be i like the challenge of like i want to prove to ryan i want to prove to myself that i you know i want to be one of those guys out there for an overtime point i want to be one of those five guys that he can he can rely on so you add one more really good paintball player to the mix it's going to be that much tougher but fuck it i'll I'll take it (laughs) i like the challenge and you know what he's a really good player and he'll add a lot to our team well it goes back to the whole at the end of the day man i remember i I saw a lot of the excessive guys uh at the end of world cup they're staying at the same hotel i was staying at and they were just like coming up and apologizing to me oh man we're sorry that we tarnished the excessive image and you know you guys built something great and we just weren't able to get it done and i was like hey man you know does it suck that excessive's not in the hunt for first place at the highest level anymore yeah that that does suck a little bit but don't apologize to me man it, that's this is your ride here I, I i had my ride it was awesome yeah this is your yeah. ride so if you're gonna apologize to somebody apologize to yourself like yeah and if you yeah. worked your ass off and you tried as hard as you could and it didn't work out like you know i mean at the end of the day this is kind of just a race with you, you know? And yeah. so that's, uh, and, and that's so, you know, it's kind of like with the thing with the spins is like, well, dude, you know, I mean, this is like the practice what you preach moment where it's like, you know, this is where you got to dig deep and try to work and to try to stay on that starting line. And, uh, and yeah, cause it's, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's all personal test, dude. You know, that's all it really yeah. is. And you guys have a real, I mean, Carl's a huge pickup for you guys. He's another huge weapon. You guys are already, you know, really good i mean you only missed making the the semifinals um by just 
by some by a tiebreaker essentially yeah. which yeah. was crazy because it was like you know you guys went two and two and squeaked in the year before and then one and then this yeah. year you went three and one and got knocked out on a tiebreaker but yeah. that's again that's having life. To, yeah that's again that's life <laughs> then, you know what and you know we we lost to the ironman and i and they played well but we gave that game away on some really stupid mental mistakes and that and that cost us you know like that was our you know, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like they're gonna roll over and, and lose to us because we were beating the shit out of everyone else. Like we still got to win that game, and you know what? We would have been playing, you know, top four. But lesson learned: move on, keep keep striving to be the best. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of running out of time here. But the other thing that was that was interesting when people because people were kind of talking about like, you know, oh, you know, what is what is professional? Like, what's a professional at a certain level? And it's like. To me, that's almost a mute point. Like, I get where they're coming from. Um, but there are definitely professional paintball players out there. You get paid for your time uh, when you're teaching people. So, you know, you are a paintball professional on that level. And then also, like, really, that's kind of a mute point because what we're really just talking about is who's the best. You know, most yeah. competitive league, hardest league in the world, best players. Like, they get they get if they win, they win money, you know. So, um, yeah, and, and, well, and you know, a lot of them are like X Factor's record, and and it's okay. Yeah, true. Yeah, we we're, we're not the most successful pro team. We're not the most winning pro team. We don't win that often. But I've won. I know what the feeling is like to win on the biggest stage in paintball at the highest level against the best teams. Like, regardless if I've won five tournaments or one, it's I've still won. I've still play against the best. I'm just we're still a relevant team. And you ask any other pro team. And, it, you know, if, if, you know, if we're playing like we're playing a World Cup, teams don't want to play us because we're, you know, I mean, we can beat the best. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you guys, you won World Cup, man. Like, who, <laughs> that's an incredible achievement in the paintball world, dude. That's insane. Yeah. It's incredibly yeah. hard to win the World Cup. Um, you know, I mean, like, like Travis Lemansky, who played on that, who this started from almost with the Avalanche pitcher, right? You know, so he won tons of tournaments back with Avalanche back in the day, has won tournaments with Infamous. I talked to him after that crazy game they played against Dynasty, which I'm still hand on a Bible, I think might be the best paintball game I've ever watched. And, it was a uh, good one. It was a good one. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and he was, you know, he was really happy. He's like, hey, man, I know that we didn't win uh, in the Champions Division, but we won a tournament at World Cup. And we beat Dynasty to win a tournament at the World Cup. And he's like, I've never won a World Cup, you know. Yeah. And, and he just had this glowing smile on his face. He was so happy, you know. And it was just like <laughs> – and that's a guy, again, real job, three kids, and still somehow makes time to do what his passion is, which is, yeah. you know, lead – infamous and if and he has the and he has the least glorious job of all <laughs> yeah so you know and he still loves it more than you know as much as any of those guys out there playing for sure and in a huge you know he's one of those guys that if it wasn't for travis there wouldn't be an infamous or, yeah you know so you know and that's that's what i'm saying like that could be you one day you know that could be one of these anyone out there listening one day i mean again three kids regular job i mean yes he does work in the paintball world but he still has to, you know, like he's, it's not like they're just giving him carte blanche to do whatever the hell he wants to do. Um, yeah. You know, so, and I mean, look, look at Alex, you know, I mean, Alex runs like a huge construction company, <laughs> you know, that yeah. guy's story is crazy, but this is his passion. So he's been able to, you know, make it work, dude. Talk about, well, and, it, and just, I mean, it goes back, man. I, I think, you know, I, I know for a fact I've learned more from paintball than I will you know, than anything else in my life, whether it was school or a job or college or, you know, I, that's where I've 
taken away some of the biggest life lessons, obviously my parents, but you know, is is through paintball. And, you know, it's, you know, like we say, you know, there's other things that are more important to people in life, but I've learned a lot about, and the main person, the main thing I've learned about is learned about myself and what I'm capable of. You know, I realized I could reach the pinnacle of something paintball. Um, but if I applied that same drive to something else, I'd be really good at that as well. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, and it's like, look what, uh, Robbie Goldsmith is doing right now. You know I mean? Robbie is just, he's a young guy, but he's just, you know, getting into the business world in Nashville and, and he, you know, uh, that's one of the reasons we might see CEP leave, but you know, he was, he kept C, he kept, kept helping trying to run CEP while he was, you know, wading into the business world. But I'm sure if we had him on here and was talking to him, he'd probably say, you know, that a lot of the things he learned about himself about, you know, achieving goals and, you know, really applying himself to something and seeing it go pretty far, you know, he's taking those lessons he learned to the business world and Robbie's really enterprising and really, really easy to get along with and real smart. So I'm sure he's going to kill it. Another guy too is Eric Prom, man. Oh God. Yeah. Eric (laughs) Prom. Killing it. Yeah. yeah. Eric Prom, former, former infamous player. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And he's owns a, I can't remember the name of the company, but he had like a really successful um, group funding adventure and they make the, uh, the Mason jar shakers. Yeah. And they just put a book out too. Like I I talked to him recently. He's doing, he's doing as well as you can do, man. He's doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey man, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, Again, you know, I I love the post. It was definitely um, controversial and not everyone's going to agree with it. Probably not. I'm going to agree with everything we say, but well, Hey, Thus is life, and yeah. uh, just but keep finding the good fight over there, man. You know it's really cool to see what's happening in Texas right now. It really is. I will. Uh, yeah, obviously, I'll I'll plug my site at the very end. Oh, hey, I was just gonna. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say that, and um, so yeah, plug plug away, my friend. Oh no, I mean it's it's uh, bkipaintball.com. You know, I I set out my goal was was to replace my own spot on X Factor as, as kind of the ultimate goal of the company. But you know, it's if you're looking to get pet, uh, you know, better at paintball, more competitive in, in any aspect of it, whether you just want to get, you know, be the best D three player at 40 years old, I will help you. Or if you want to be a professional paintball player, I will also help you achieve that goal. Won't be easy, but we, uh, you know you know it's it's it'll be easier to learn from somebody who's who's gone through that journey and is actively trying to help people achieve that journey awesome man well keep it up dude it's a little scary actually because uh you guys are slowly but surely looks like making texas the mecca of paintball which (laughs) being from california is a little sad to me come on california people jesus get it together um (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, man, so keep fighting the fight. Can't wait to see what X-Factor has next year. You want to thank any sponsors before we sign off? Yeah, GI Sports, Planet Eclipse, um, Gen X Global. Oh, uh, man, you put me on the spot. I'm probably missing a few. You knew this was coming, man. Come on, this I is know. not your first rodeo. Those, 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 are the, those are the big two. Oh, obviously, Die Paintball, the rotor. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's all I can think of right now. Sorry, anybody else. <laughs> awesome obviously x-factor paintball park so if you're in san antonio i gotta check that place out yeah absolutely well hey thank you guys thank you grayson thank you guys for tuning in thank you very much for supporting everything we do here at pba uh you know we're just we're trying to put the best 
product out that we can. Um, we're, again, we're sorry about the pay-per-view. It's the only way to make it work until that magnificent gift angel uh, of called Outside Money ever comes in. Um, but until then, you know, we're going to keep plugging along here, bringing you podcasts and interviews, paintball access and breakdowns, and, uh, and, you know, and the best paintball broadcast that we can possibly do with our resources. And so the more people you can convince to donate to the cause by buying the, uh, the pay-per-view at the, for the webcast, the better it's going to get because every single dollar goes directly into the production budget. Um, and we're almost where we need to be. So we're hoping to have a really good 2015. So, again, thank you guys. And, Grayson, thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.